Amen. The time is ripe. The time is ripe. R-I-P-E. I'm not saying the time is right. But the time is ripe. The time to be ripe is or to be at its fullest or at its most potent potential. To be at the fullness of time. The time is ripe. Think about when you go to the harvest time. Right now, you have many orchards open because it's harvest time. You have their apples out and they have their their pumpkins out. You may see the farmers gathering their corn because the time is ripe. It's time to gather the harvest. It's at this potent time. It's at the fullness of time. It's bursting with power and potential. The best time to eat of a fruit is at when it's at its ripest, at its ripest, because after that, everything else is down here. But at its ripest, the fruit, when you bite into it, has anybody ever got a real juicy fruit that was ripe and how the juice just squirts all over your face and comes down your chin? You don't even bother to wipe it off because you want to lick and enjoy every part of it because it just tastes so good. Or maybe that's just me, that when I get a good peach and if I get a good plum and it just squirts all over the place, I'm like, oh, yes, it is at its ripest. It is, it is at its best. It is at its fullness. And you know sometimes when you get that good piece of fruit because it's firm and it's tight and the ripeness is so overwhelming that you can smell it. The time is ripe. Look at this time of the seasons. What, what is the time ripe for? What is the fullness of time? I, I want us to look at what Jesus is sharing in the time, in, Ma- in, the, in the Gospel of John, in the 12th chapter. Jesus speaks and says that the time the hour is upon me. Jesus is basically saying that the time is right. Jesus is saying that the reason why I'm here, the fullness is coming to be known. The time is right. Think about how we count down the days to maybe your vocation because it gets almost time at that hour. Or how we look at the clock at our job waiting for the time to be right, to be at its fullest. That at this time I can go. At this time I can go home. Or, or a lot of the school, stu- the school students are counting down the days before uh, Christmas break. I can't wait till I can get a whole month off and, and not have to go back to school till next year. Yeah. You know, looking at the times that are coming up, we count down because we're aware that when the time is ready or when the time is not ready, we want to make sure we do it at the right time. Looking in the Gospel of John, uh, 12th chapter, uh, starting at verse 20. Reading from the King James Version, says, And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came, therefore, to Philip, which was of Bethesda of Galilee, and desired And desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man would be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall unto the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life 
eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me where I am. There shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Move down to verse 31 and verse 32. And look what Jesus says here. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Tell somebody the time is right. Tell somebody else the time is right. And the time is right so that we might see Jesus. Looking in this text, to give you a little background, we, we picked up in the 20th verse of the 12th chapter. But if you look back in, uh, Jesus just came into Jerusalem on a coat. Jesus just came and they laid down palm branches and said, Hosanna in the highest. Jesus comes in and they say, this is the one that rose Lazarus from the grave. Uh, he's at his house. Uh, the Pharisees say, look, this man does no good. They're turning on him. The Pharisees are ready to plot and kill him because not only is Jesus doing awesome things, but because he rose Lazarus from the grave. They want to get him, but what we find in the 20th verse of chapter 12, it does not say Jews came after him. It does not say the Pharisees came after him. It did not say his brothers and sisters came after him. It did not say his best friends came after him. It says certain Greeks. It's, it said, in other words, Gentiles. In other words, anybody that was not a Jew. In other words, those who Jesus did not come for, they came for him. Catch this. Jesus came for the chosen people. He often alluded to that when he talked to the Samaritan woman, the Sarisa woman, saying, I've come for the, the, the loss of Israel. He sent his disciples, said, do not go but to the loss of Israel. So it seems that Jesus was pointing out that I am the Son of God, the Messiah, the chosen one, who came for his people, but yet it was not his people that came and asked Philip. Then Philip went to Andrew to repeat the quest that, that Jesus, that, to, to, that was supposed to go to Jesus saying what? That we might see Jesus. Uh, Dr. Carter Taylor has it, that engraved on his pulpit so he sees every time he gets up to preach that we might see Jesus. Think about the potency, the potency of that statement. They say that we've come, Philip, so that we might see Jesus, that we would see Jesus. When you look at the text and you can look at or do a word study, they're saying that we wish, we desire, we have a longing to see uh, Jesus, where do you stand in your relationship right now? Has a time become so full that you say, I need to see Jesus? That I, I need to draw closer to him and see him for who he is. But before we understand what it means to see him, look at what is happening here. The Greeks, not the Jews, the Greeks are coming to see Jesus. To jump ahead, remember Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. This is the time has come that now in order for all to come to Jesus, he must be lifted up. Lifted up from where? From the earth. What does it mean from the earth? That means first he was in the earth to come out of. 
See, the time is come, but yet in order, the time was triggered when the Greeks came because the Greeks came to Philip. The, the text study so that Philip being a Greek name, that these Greeks might have felt more comfortable coming to Philip. Philip is also well known for Philip, the father of, uh, of, of Alexander the Great. So they came to him and said, hey, uh, Philip, uh, you got a common name like us. Uh, can we see Jesus? Philip, unsure if Jesus wants to speak to these Greeks, goes to Andrew. Andrew and Philip both unsure. They go talk to Jesus, say, hey, we got a request that people say that they want to meet you. Then Jesus replies. Catch out. Look how he replies. Look at verse 23. He says, the hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Jesus realized in order for these Greeks to see me, they got to see me. (laughs) In order for the Greeks to see me, they have to. See me. Has anybody ever been there before? You talk to somebody that you don't know me? You don't know me. You want to talk about me like you know, but you don't really know me. And there's a, pop, a popular wrestler that he was, you know, is saying that you don't see me. And the standpoint is saying that in reality, you may know of me, but you don't know me. I remember as a kid, my, we, we always said your mama. We didn't say it too much after that. We just said your mama. And that was just an insult enough. You say your mama, that means I'm going to punch you in your chest or something, you know, and those kind of a things. And I remember one time uh, some kid decided to say to me, your mama, while I was in the church. I decided to turn around and talk about him. While we in the choir stand getting ready to, to practice songs. And next thing I know, I'm crying because my brother and sisters tell on me. And my mom telling me, say, Sam, there's no need for you to act like that because he doesn't know me. Now, my mother was speaking very, uh, you know, logical sense. But me being at eight years old, that meant absolutely nothing to me. What do you mean he doesn't know you? I know you. He was talking about you, so that's good enough. But in essence, my mom was saying that he does not know me enough to talk about me. So what he is saying should not bother you because he does not know the character that I am. He does not know how much I love you and what a beautiful person I am. He does not know me. Look in the process. When people talk about you and they don't know you, how they just speaking off off the side of the net, talking about a whole lot of nothing. What James Brown say, talking loud but saying nothing. They're just talking and saying nothing because they don't know you. They're lying about you. They, they do give a, a, a different character of you while other people say, well, that does not line up. Jesus said, I want these Greeks to see me. I want them to know me. In order for them to see me, I first must be glorified. Why? Because the time is right. Jesus is pointing out that I need to be glorified. Now, I want you to grab and see what Jesus is talking about to be glorified. To be glorified here, what John is pointing out, that Jesus first has to die and be resurrected. Jesus first has to die and be resurrected. In order for them to see him, they need to see who he is. When you see Jesus, what do you see? Do you see your Lord? Do you see your Savior? Do you see your Redeemer? Do you see the Son of God seated at the right hand of the Father? Do you see, as they were singing the song, saying, Jesus, you are my joy. You are my, my strength. You are my everything. Do you see Jesus for who he is? A lot of times we want to water down Jesus and make him to somebody who he is not. But we need to see Jesus for who he is. 
Jesus is telling Philip and Andrew, look, you come to me so that they might see Jesus. But I want you to understand, in order for them to see me, I have to be glorified. Then he gives a story, a parable, and he talks about a seed. A seed by itself is worthless unless it dies. Because when this wheat seed dies, it then gives birth to a product. It produces fruit. It gives more than what it started out with. Jesus is saying, look at my life. My life right now is good, but in order for it to mean something to you, in order for you to really gain the benefit of my life, I have to die and be raised from the grave on the third day. Be exalted and be lifted up to draw all men unto me. I want you to grab and see what Jesus is saying. In order for you to see me, you have to see me for who I am. And that's when you see the difference in other religions. That who is Jesus in them? How do they see Jesus? Do they see Jesus as the Son of God, the one who died on the cross and rose again from the grave and seated at the right hand of the Father? If they do not see Jesus in that way, they don't see him. For example, if somebody does not address you for who you are, they don't see you. That means I ignore you. I will not acknowledge who you are to me. But Jesus says they want to see me. These Greeks want to see me. The people want to see me. I see that the time has come. And look at what is going on. The time has come. Because beforehand, we can look throughout the, the Gospel of John. In John, the second chapter, verse 4, Jesus was with his mother at a wedding feast. His mother said, son, can't you help us out? Jesus says, dear woman, uh, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my time is not yet come. Jesus and God and John, the seventh chapter, was with his brothers. His brothers telling him, hey, they don't believe in you enough. You need to go and perform some more of those miracles that you do. Uh, you know that stuff so they can see what you're doing. And, and Jesus looks at his brothers and the, the tribulousness and says, therefore, Jesus told them in John 7 and 7 to 8, says that the right time for me has not yet come. For you, any time is right. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that what it does is evil. You go to the feast. I am not yet going up to this feast because for me, the right time has not yet come. His brothers did not know when the time would be right. His brothers did not understand when the time was right. But Jesus knew the time was right. He told his mother, the time has not yet come, mother. You, you want me to do something, but it's not the time yet. But he still turned the water into wine. His brothers say, hey, Jesus, you need to go on up and show them who you are. But Jesus said, the time is not right. You go along because you don't know what the Father knows. And you don't know what he's told me. The time has not yet come. And, and then even throughout the gospel, the evangelist John, who's writing the account of Jesus is telling us not only one time, but twice in chapter seven, verse 30, it says at this, they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. Then in chapter eight, verse 20, it says he spoke these words while teaching in the temple area near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one sees him because his time had not yet come. You see, John is building up the time, letting us know the time has not come. They, they wanted to make him king. They, they wanted to exalt him when they wanted to. But Jesus said the time has not yet come. But 
in the 23rd verse of the 12th chapter, all of a sudden the time has come. What is so different now? Now the time has come. The means that the seeds have been planted. <laughs> Rain has come. Sun has come. It's saying the past has led up to this point. But at this point and at this period of time, it's going to impact what comes after. Jesus is saying up to this moment, up to this point, uh, everything was well. Everything was building up. But when it reached to this point and the time of being ripe and being as fullest, it's going to be time to make the harvest. Everybody else was telling me what I should do. But I know the Father has told me the appointed time. The Father is telling me the right time to act. A lot of us want to move, but we're moving too early. A lot of us want to move because somebody else tells us that the time is ripe. You should go ahead and do this now. You should leave your job and pursue your career. They don't know your economic status, but they're going to tell you because it sounds good, it looks good, and what you ought to do. Even Jesus' only brothers and mother was telling him what to do. But Jesus had to be about his father's business. A lot of us need to check our agenda and make sure it's aligning up with my father's business. You got an appointment at 3 o'clock, but God said, I got an appointment with you at 3 o'clock. Which appointment will you obey? Uh, oftentimes we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it, and the time is not right. When the time is off, your whole schedule gets off. You might have arrived too early or arrived too late because you got caught up doing the wrong things. But when Jesus is saying that the time is right, when Jesus realized that God has set the time in action, that God has brought it to this point, he tells Philip and Andrew, this, this is how he replies. It says, uh, he didn't say, I will go see him. He says, I first have to be glorified. And he clarifies it with the story, the seed. And look what he points out. I want you to look in the seed. It says, with the seed, they're talking about the seed, the colonel talks, but then he goes on talking about our life. It says, if you love your life in this world, You'll lose it. But if you if you hate your life in this world, you'll have eternal life. And when you look in the studies, it talks about life. When it says you hate your life and you love this life, this world, it's talking about your psyche. It's talking about your soul. In the Greek, that's what it is, your soul, your inner soul. That's the thing. A lot of us always sometimes separate, but our soul is going to live on. But where is it going to live? Jesus points out that it's going to be with me. That's eternal Zoe. That's eternal life. That's life everlasting. That's time to be with me in eternal bliss. But if you're, if you are concerned about your, your greed, your wealth, your station in life, more than you're concerned about living for me, you're going to lose your life like this world is going to pass away. Everything on this world is going to be destroyed. We know this because Revelation says there's going to be a new earth and a new Jerusalem. We, we say we want to see Jesus, but we want to see so much more bling, so much more bigger houses, so many faster cars, so much more money in our bank account before we want to see Jesus. If someone told you that you can, you can have a lottery ticket today that has a million dollars, but God said, I need you to pray for me at this time, what are you going to do? You're going to be thinking, well, God, this must be a blessing. You already spoke to me. I need to go get my, my lottery ticket. 
Because a process comes into that we have to value our lives and say, Lord, what really do you desire for me to do? What does a man profit gain the whole world but loses his soul, loses his psyche? What, what does it matter that you want to love how much you have this? We sing this song during Christmas times. I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. But we got to really break it down. Would I rather have Jesus than this worthless job? Would I rather have Jesus than being unfaithful? Would I rather have Jesus than punching somebody in the mouth because they said something I don't like? See, we got to look into say, Jesus, am I surrendering to you? Because Jesus goes on to break it down saying this, that he that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. Ask somebody, are you following him? Because when you follow him, then you will be where he is. And there shall also my servant be. And if any man serve me, will my father honor. How many times do you work and you do not get appreciated? Doesn't that hurt? But Jesus is saying that when you serve me, you will be appreciated. <laughs> Say, my father will honor you. My, my father will reward you. you. Do not be weary and well you can look at Proverbs 6 trying to be just like that ant. That ant works without no Lord, no governor, but he works diligently because he realized that the harvest is going to come. A lot of us do not know the day nor the hour, but who does? Jesus knows. So long as we serve him, we're going to know when the time is right. Just like a little kid does not know when it's time to eat, but when mom says come and get it, the child will show on up and get at the table and get what the mother has provided. There's going to be a time that the trumpet's going to the sound. It's going to be just like mother saying, come and get it. And we all be able to come and behold his glory to see Jesus for who he is. But in order to see Jesus, we have to know who he is. Jesus saying the time has come for the son of man to be glorified. And then to go on, Jesus speaks out loud to say, it's now time for God to glorify him. Then God speaks to him. The people were puzzled. Was it an angel? Was it God? But Jesus pointed out to them in the text saying, this was done for your benefit, not mine. Because Jesus knows that already the time has come. Do you want to see him? Do you see him in your everyday life? The time is right. Look at the ripeness. Think about when you bite into that juicy fruit at its plumpness and it explodes. Think about how a flower at its bloom explodes with beautiful colors. Think about when something is full and ripe, it explodes with brilliance. Jesus is about to explode. The fullness of the world is about to be understood. Think about how a cup of water, if it's at its fullest, you can't put no more in because it's at its full potential. Jesus is at the capacity of ready to explode. (laughs) The fullness of time is about to be realized because Jesus realized that in order for you to see me, in order for you to see the Father, Jesus made it clear that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus pointed out that there's no other way because I am the way. And the way to the Father is through me. And therefore, I will die on the cross for you. Isn't that exciting? To see that you could not pay the price. You could not cover the debt. 
But Jesus said, I will take care of it for you. The time has come for, for me to be exalted, for me to be glorified. It's not just for time for me to be patted on the back by my disciples saying, you're doing a good job, Jesus. Jesus, you told those Pharisees. But the time has come for me to be hung high and stressed wide, to cry out to the Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The time has come for me to be buried in a rich man's tomb that's not even my own. The time has come for they close the stone over my tomb hoping that the disciples will not escape me the time has come for God to cause an earthquake for the stone to be rolled away and early that Sunday morning for me to get up with all power in my hands the time has come for Satan to be defeated for sin to have no more victory for death to have no more sting the time has come for you to no longer be a slave in sin but who the sun sets free is free indeed. The time has come that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The time has come for you to no longer walk and drive with your head down, but with your head up, say, I see Jesus, exalted at the right hand of the Father. I can be just like Stephen and say, I see Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. I see him as my Lord and Savior. The time is right. We see all around us, people are dying daily. People are suffering daily, thinking that this is all to life, but there's more, so much more than this. Jesus has come to give us life and life everlasting. Where do you see Jesus in your life? Do you see Jesus in your marriage? Do you see Jesus in your children? Do you see Jesus in your friendships? Because if he's not involved, you need to get him involved. To make sure that you have a, a fruitful life. A life that's going to bear much fruit. A life that's going to add on to people. Because Jesus pointed out that unless the seed dies, there won't be. Some of us need to continually to die. Because some of us are not doing it daily. The Bible says we need to deny ourselves and crucify the flesh and pick up the cross. We need to die. In order for us to have production in our life. So that we might see Jesus. We can't see Jesus in this sinful state. Do you understand that? We cannot see Jesus in this sinful state. That's why he's going to change us. That's why in the twinkling of an eye we shall be changed. So we need to realize that before we become perfected, we need to continue working right now to become holy. And dying daily. No longer lying. No longer stealing. No longer fornicating. No longer getting high. Doing the things that's not against, uh, going against God's will. But being obedient right now, becoming like those certain groups that I want to see Jesus so I can follow him, so I can be where he is and do his work so that the Father will honor me. And we'll be able to sing that good old hymn. If I, if I be lifted up above the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Jesus is exalted and he is lifted up. See him for who he is and see how you can help like Philip and Andrew and draw all men unto him. See how your life changes because you see him and you draw men unto him. Let just Jesus be lifted up in your life because the time is ripe and the time is now so that we must see Jesus. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, we come to you right now. Thank you, Lord, for the fullness of time. 
that Jesus did die on the cross and rose again from the grave to save us, to defeat death. Father, we realize that there's errors in our lives that we need to be dead to. We surrender to them to you right now. Father, we want to be transformed for your glory. Father, have your way with our lives. And Lord, if there's someone here who does not know Jesus as a Lord and Savior, Father, we pray that they turn over to you right now, that they see you for who you are. God, Son, our resurrected Lord and Savior. Father, have your way is our prayer. Amen.